This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris if you notice, you listen to the news, it sounds like the world's going to end any day. What do you think? Uh, everywhere I go, I talk to people, and I hear very familiar patterns to what people are saying. People think that we're headed for war. People think that we're headed for some kind of doomsday. Uh, people are very, very concerned. I think for good reason. Every day you look at the, the, the top headlines. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's all just uh, mind games. I certainly hope so. But you look at what they're saying. It's every day we're the one step closer to some kind of mutually assured destruction. You have to ask yourself, what the heck is going on? I don't know. We'll talk about it. I'll give you my take on it. I'll try and give you as much of the truth as I can. I don't know where you find that anymore. Yes, I'm happy to be back. I'm feeling pretty good. No, I wasn't abduct- uh, abducted by aliens. I haven't committed any crimes, wasn't picked up by the FBI or something like that. I just needed a little time off, uh, mostly to take care of some personal business, important personal business. Maybe I'll go into that later, but everything's good. Uh, I I wish, uh, you know, I kind of hate to take the time off. It really does hurt the podcast. I know it does, but, you know, people like to see it there every day. And I know the feeling, uh, you know, when, when you're looking forward to something, and you want to hear it back. I don't know. I try to do my best. But in this case, um, you know, what am I going to do? I have a life, too. Something that resembles a life. I don't know. Not much of one. I feel good. Uh, I've been sticking to my goal of leaning out and getting in shape. Really happy with where I'm at at this stage of the game. Pretty much lost the weight that I needed to at this point. Down to a new low. And I think I told you the past couple of weeks I wasn't as aggressive with it. I felt like I was losing some muscle losing some strength, and I really wasn't really need to or willing to give that up right now. Didn't want to. And so I kind of, you know, added some cal. not kind of added, I did add some calories, added a little protein, and tried to stay pretty healthy with my eating otherwise, and it's worked out well. And I think I'll continue to lean out and hopefully start building some muscle in a few weeks. I want to build up my tendon strength a little more. I don't feel like getting into that right now. But uh, mostly low carb still, even though I've uh, increased the the, um, the calories. So it's good. I've been stretching a lot. I'll tell you, uh, I try to offer things that I see guys my age, and I think a lot of it applies to girls too, women, hanging, stretching. I have back issues like a lot of people. I got a lot of back issues actually. And there was a time where it was pretty debilitating for me. You know, I'd end up in the emergency room. I couldn't get out of bed for three days because of my back. And uh, it's depressing. And then you get depressed and your back hurts, your back hurts, you get depressed. I'm not sure which comes first half the time. I just know that it's depressing as all get out. And uh, that's one of the big reasons why I work really hard to keep healthy. And it's worked. It's worked thanks to my chiropractor every week I go. Sometimes more when people rear-end me in my car, but that's another story. Every week I go, he gets me aligned, and uh, I stretch just about every day. Yeah, of course I go through my spurts where I'm not as, as disciplined. 
such as the period between Thanksgiving and New Year. But we don't need to bring that up again. We're focused right now on moving forward. I don't want to get too carried away next year. That's my plan. You know, I've said I live cyclically. You know, I'll put on some weight, I take it off. But I've gotten so efficient at it, it's gotten a little out of control. I can't afford to be throwing on 35 pounds, for God's sake. But anyway, the the big thing I focused on, continue to focus on, is the stretching. And I just feel like it's paying off huge, huge. My back is really starting to feel pretty pretty good. When I'm going from, you know, okay to really good, starting to feel good again. So I'm back. I'm here. I feel good. I know it feels like I've been gone forever. I feel like I've been gone forever. I appreciate all the emails. I'm still getting caught up, hopefully by about the end of the week. I love them. I'm reading them. Just uh, a week being uh, out, I couldn't really uh, couldn't really respond to the email. So it took me a little bit to catch up, but I've been enjoying going through. And I don't really want to just rush uh, for the sake of responding quickly. I'd like to actually enjoy the emails a little bit as best I can. Of course, I was staying on top of the news as best I can. In fact, I was uh, very much staying on top of the news. Um, amazed, really, what's going on. A judge in Arizona ordered a Republican candidate to pay sanctions for the audacity of filing a lawsuit against his opponent. This happened to Carrie Lake. She files a lawsuit claiming election fraud. The judge not only throws it out, but orders sanctions, meaning that they're having to pay the other party. Unheard of. And even not really completely unheard of, but what's really unheard of in this case is the judge, I think, did it without any discovery, meaning that the judge never saw any evidence. And, you know, the media is going to paint this like uh, the, 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 the plaintiff, the Republican candidates, that they didn't provide enough evidence. I want to get into the implications of this a little bit more. I mean, the bottom line is that the elections, the elections are, are, are stolen. I don't know what to tell you. Does your vote count? doesn't really appear so. I'm not telling you not to bother voting. I really don't know what to tell you. I'm just telling you I don't know that it really counts. There's another story here about another politician crying about hate speech because of a vandalism to an LGBTQ pride flag. My question in all this, isn't the defacing of that flag as much freedom of speech as, as the pride flag itself? Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. China talking about war, laying it out, saying, get away from our borders. Let me spell this out for you real quickly, just from the, the top of my head, so you can fact check this yourself. Um, in Ukraine, we had Marines stationed there at one point, 2006. What did I say last week? 10, 2010, maybe. There were American troops in Ukraine. I believe I remember Army units going over there as well. Um, We had documented bio labs. This isn't conspiracy theory. Bioweapons laboratories in Ukraine, right on Russia's border. Not to mention the fact that we're funneling all kinds of money into Ukraine. And you don't think that Russia at some point isn't going to push back on that? Why, I ask? Why would we care if Ukraine goes back to Russia? I'm going to go into that a little bit more. But my point is, 
you know, you can really paint the picture that the American military, this um, global, global deterrence posture, has turned into a, just a, a plain outright war-making machine. And, you know, China, for one, you know, what wars have they waged since World War II? You know, I mean, it's proof to me that the, that the system isn't working very well. On the other hand, I think you really got to take a look at what China's true ambitions are. Why and what are they going to do with it? I don't know. There's a lot to talk about today. I'm going to do my best to, d- to dig into the truth a little bit, see if we can find out what's going on, what you can do about it a little bit. Now, before we get into this heavy-handed news stuff, let me ask you this. I got an invitation from this publisher. I, I'm getting bombarded with authors reaching out for interviews, and I just I really don't have time to get into it right now But besides a million other things. I thought about doing like a, a book club or a book a week or, you know, I don't know, some other uh, adolescent-like, you know, look-at-me kind of thing for the podcast. And obviously I, you don't see, hear the enthusiasm in my voice for it. I just, uh, I, it's not that I don't like doing interviews. I, I do occasionally enjoy, you know, the broadcasting with somebody else. Um, but as far as going through and, and validating the material, I just don't really have the time for one. I'm just not excited enough to make the time, I guess. But this one caught my eye. And it's a book about near-death lessons. This guy apparently had eight near-death experiences. And uh, I didn't get into what they are. I've had a couple of near-death experiences. I'm not what we're defining as near-death. Maybe I should look that up. My question to you is, uh, would, and by the way, I looked into the guy very, very briefly. It's not some, you know, kooky dude. This is not some, uh, I don't know, you know, it seems like you're a you know, pretty average person, pretty normal guy. And uh, my question is, would you be interested in me having somebody on to talk about near-death lessons? It caught my eye. I thought I'd ask you. Why not? So anyway, there's that. Uh, this week, we're going to have a couple more podcasts coming up. I'll probably be back on Sunday if I can, since I missed you for a little bit. There's a ton of stories in my uh, in my box here, in my file, in my bag of tricks, if you will. And I'd like to get to all of it, because I think all of it that's going on right now is very important. I think people need to, to try and, and work to understand what's going on a little bit. You know, one is a big one that I'm learning that they basically have the ability to take you out with your phone's IP address. What do I mean by that? They could, the Chinese, I'm, I'm, I'm being told, I, I don't know the depth of this. You know, I know that America's been able to do it. We've done it with terrorists. They can take, if they can, if they can locate, if they know the phone that you have and it's, it is a unique identifier that your phone has, I'm pretty sure it's called an IP address for the phone, but whatever it is, like a, call it a social security number, a serial number for your phone. And if they have that and they can locate the phone, then they can locate the phone, by the way, and they can send a missile to that location. They can do it with radio pings, with any communication. Not really sure about the technology. It's crazy to me. In the past, this stuff was only available at the highest level of the American military. 
And just like night vision, that is no longer so. Let me just tell you the the significance of this one little uh, detail that I just mentioned to you. What I just told you is that no communication is safe at this point. Meaning, and you know, like I said, I don't know how far that goes with the Russians and/or the Chinese and their ability to do it yet. But I know that the threat and the concern is there, and I'm pretty sure they can. So let me just give you the the, the significance of this militarily, let alone the implications to you and I. Militarily speaking, it means that the Chinese have effectively already completely taken out the American military's ability to communicate, meaning all command and control is lost, cut off. That is huge, huge, if you know anything about military tactics. If the commander can't communicate with the troops in the field to direct them and move them and respond and provide information back and forth, it's you really don't have an army at all, really. At best, you may have some kind of a guerrilla war going on. It's crazy. Uh, let me just give you kind of a, a, a somewhat illustrative comparison a second. During the Gulf War that I was in, we had night vision. The Iraqis did not. And it is one of many reasons why we were able to so effectively dominate, obliterate. You know, we only operated at night. We could see they were blind. We, we were uh, una, unapproachable as far as a, as a target. We ran practice exercises with Marine recon units trying to attack us. And they couldn't even get close because we had the night vision. We could see them, but, you know, further than the range of their weapons. And we had weapons that could strike them. So, and the aircraft had it, and they had none of it. You know, and I'm not saying it's the only reason, but just imagine if you're trying to fight an opponent in combat, let alone in a desert environment, by the way, uh, but any environment, really, where your opponent has night vision and you don't. You think that's a little problematic? I'm going to say it's a little problematic. How about hugely problematic? You might be able to come up with some tactics to deal with that, but you're not going to have anything approaching any kind of a frontal war. Now, consider this. Back when I was in, the night vision was green and grainy. It was like green and white screens with no depth perception. Today, the night vision is full color. I've got it on my security cameras on my house. Full color night vision. Now imagine that you have it and your opponent doesn't. Fact of the matter is, you can buy it on Amazon now. Everybody has it. If they don't have it, it's only because they haven't bought it yet, quite frankly. So what does that mean? Well, in one sense, I would hope it's the great equalizer, right? So, you know, just like nuclear weapons, you, you would think that because Russia, China, America are all nuclear superpowers that there really wouldn't be a whole lot of saber rattling about war. I don't know. Mutually assured destruction, a new set of rules. I don't know. How, how close does a country come to decimation before they go ahead and launch the nuclear weapons? This is evil. It's crazy, really. But anyway, 
I don't want to get off point. You know, so now everybody has this this targeting ability. It can hit with drones, balloons probably. Really crazy when you think about it. Anyway, just think about that one little issue going on right now, that targeting ability. That the American military's uh, command and control has been effectively wiped out, as best I can tell. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Speaking of nuts, uh, I don't know the validity of this story. I didn't look far enough uh, into it to to check. But there's a video that supposedly captured white children being rounded up by black children at an Ohio school and forced to kneel and pledged pledged to Black Lives Matter before uh, they were beaten up, basically. And, uh, you know, it's a really an interesting little story, right? And you see it and you think how uh, horrific and all this. And it really is. It really is. But I, I, I'm, I probably said this before. I'm going to say it again. You know, we need to start looking at things from a purely Darwinistic perspective right now. We're at war. Whether, whether people realize it or not, uh, you know, I don't know what the, this is. My belief: <clears throat> we're in a civil war, and we're in a, in a world war. Who know? You know, probably COVID was likely a bio attack. You know, I brought this up. We don't know. We may. We'll probably never know. You know, maybe that was the true purpose of the balloon, sprinkling. Uh, you know, the, this new noom virus or whatever this thing got everybody uh, tied up on the toilet for three days straight crazy. Uh, but I think we need to look at things from a Darwinistic point of view. Very, very simple. All right. So white people need to know how to defend themselves. And uh, we need to, tra- 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 to teach our children the same. And you know, I'll tell you a, a little story. Uh, one of the things I was dealing with here while I was off, uh, a fourth grade boy slapped my daughter. And you probably know from, you know, listening to me that I've got a real aversion to anybody laying hands on my daughter, let alone a, a boy two grades higher. Uh, you can understand my my uh, frustration, to say the least, right? But I said to my daughter, uh, my wife, and how we're dealing with this, so we're going to need to start begin the process of uh, teaching her how to poke somebody in the eye and uh, kick them in, the, in between the legs. And uh, I, I have no apologies for that. You're going to lay hands or you're going to eat it back. You know, I, one of the things I had to do while I was off also was travel downtown on the train down to Center City, Philadelphia, which I absolutely hate, times 10. You know, taking the train through areas, stopping at stations that uh, uh, could never uh, really get me to go an absolute necessity. And I just thought, you know, I'm not in the mood. If anybody messes with me, I'm probably just going to twist their head off and kill them, honestly. I mean, I, you know, it's, it, and that's kind of my thing. It's like if people, when are people going to defend themselves to the point that people have a little respect for each other again? I don't know. I don't know if I'd expect it anytime soon. But especially for young white boys, it's going to be time to toughen up. And I don't say that because I want to or because I like it. But uh, it's just becoming the the fact of the matter right now. It really is. If you don't, 
uh, you're going to find you know video of, of this happening to your kid. I, I only see it getting worse. And by the way, you know, look at what's happening to these black children is equally as criminal. The way they're being indoctrinated to believe that somehow that they're going to take over and take command of, of whites, that that's going to end well? Really? That what we think? It'll be interesting to see, I suppose. Uh, we talked about John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania senator who hospitalized still for depression. It's been quite a while. It's been, it's been a few weeks at least. Another mentally uh, handicapped lunatic in office. And, you know, here's, here's the thing now, right? This is the new game. You know, you say, oh, oh, well, huh? you get, what are you, discriminatory against uh, mental health people? You want to say something like that? I'm not discriminatory to people with mental health struggles. I've talked about depression, and I've never been hospitalized for anything, but I've been depressed before, and it's not a fun place to be. And to that end, I wish Senator Fetterman well. Matter of fact, I hope it goes really well for him. And I'm sure that it will, because uh, why would anybody criticize me for saying anything? He's living the life. The guy wears a hoodie through the through the campaign, shows up to the, the Senate in a sweatshirt, and wins a fashion award. I kid you not. You, you know, and you know that all this is just a, a, a you know the Chinese Communist Party or the the liberal wing of the uh, Democrat Party just flying a finger in the face of anything that resembles conservative, which certainly a tie is representative of white conservative, right? So Fetterman comes in. He's going to break through all that. Good. Well, now they're saying that he's well on his way to recovery. Believe me, him being in the hospital hasn't stopped a thing. Of course not. Here's what I say Fetterman needs to do. Here's what he ought to do to really recover. And I think it would really raise his spirits if you think about it. I think it would be a nice uh, gesture on the part of the Biden administration. They should uh, fly him. Where is he at? Where is Fetterman at? What's that hospital? I forget. Oh, he's getting the finest health care available. Nobody has a problem with this. Right, that this guy runs for office knowing that he had a debilitating stroke uh, and then comes back clinically depressed, barely a week in the office. Gonna, uh, at the, it doesn't disclose any of that. Now on the taxpayer dime, he's going to get access to the finest health care that money can't even buy because you can't even buy it. There's no way you can get it. The only way you can get it is if you can be like John Fetterman and uh, wear a, a hoodie and don't campaign, let your wife do it. She's in Canada. What does that tell you? Just crazy that this is going on. Nobody's looking into this. Nobody seems too concerned about it. Here's what I say that the Biden administration ought to do. They ought to fly Fetterman into Kiev. Under, not under the sound of the air raid sirens. That's boring. That's so old. That's so yesterday. I want to hear bombs dropping. And Fetterman, you know, he's big dude. I went, boosh, boosh, boosh. And Fetterman marches in with his hoodie and, and swoops up uh, uh, little Zelensky under his arms. And they kiss. Uh, oh, sorry, I carried away. Well, I was embracing the liberal moment there. Sorry. Anyway, you get the idea. It's lunacy. The government's been taken over. You don't think we're, we're in the midst of a civil war? The whole country's been uh, just 
uh, ransacked, uh, booby-trapped. Crazy what's going on. Uh, Tucker Carlson apparently put, I haven't been watching this uh, news stuff. It, uh, Tucker Carlson, though, has been releasing footage from January 6th. And the people that are critical of, of Tucker are saying that he released pieces of footage that made it look like a peaceful protest, which it certainly was not. Now it's telling him to stop spreading the big lie. And there's been a bipartisan effort behind that, boy. How embarrassing for the establishment that this has come to light, that the grassroots Republicans were able to get enough traction to get control of the House and McCarthy held true to his word. I'm, I'm just absolutely ecstatic about it. And that Tucker Carlson actually had the cannolis, along with Fox News, to put it out there and let people see it, to see the truth. And what did they say? Ah, oh, horrid. Horrid that they show those clips painting, painting a narrative that's anything but what they put out there. Really? Really, you can't have another point of view. You can't be allowed to see the the, the, the setup. You can't be allowed to see the behind-the-scenes uh, cooperation with the police that this was all manufactured. How embarrassing. All out in plain view. If It's like the last thing that we have is an actual embarrassment of, of the filth establishment I want to I want to get more into that hopefully at some point. Let me just tell you this, uh, you know, free speech is really dead. In case you were wondering, you need to be able to speak out. Uh, I can tell you uh, for tactical reasons, I'm not speaking publicly about certain things, even here on the podcast. Never thought in a million years I'd be saying that. But the fact of the matter is, we're in a civil war. It looks like, if not already started, a world war coming. And I'm going to tell you, the rules have changed. And the fight this time is going to be much different. You know, I've heard from people uh, that have asked me you know, to consider you know, sharing emails that you know, if the situation deteriorated, that like-minded people could stick together. And it really is good advice. I talked to Butch Erskine from Hope for Survival about this. Uh, I'm going to be talking. I'm hoping this week one of the things we'll talk about is a Prepare, prepare, prepare. You don't kind of go nuts. I'm not talking bunkers. Uh, but you might want to make sure you got a, a wool blanket or two and a couple other little things I'll give you an, a couple of ideas on. But things have changed. The rules have changed. And the fight will be much different. Um, and, and you know, the, the people like Butch, who are the experts and, and well-meaning, and I agree, would tell you, if you can, you know, form a community in your area. You may need uh, patrols. You may need to share resources. I don't do that. I'm going at it alone. I'm like Rambo down here. Uh, I don't trust my neighbors. I, I, you know, I have some friends within you know 25-mile radius, two, three maybe. All right, one. All right, I don't have any. But if I did, um, <laughs> I'm sure they'd want to get together with me. Uh, I'm not doing it, though. And as a matter of fact... You know, if the world were to, 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 to disintegrate into chaos, at least in this area, we would seriously pull back, and we would we would be looking mainly to go at it alone, at least until I had enough intel to support that uh, something else going on. But anyway, if you're one, if you're the ones that are thinking you're going to group together, 
How are you going to communicate? I ask you. You're going to buy little two-way radios because they can listen in and they can ping those. Now, if the world's disintegrating and you're thinking about dealing with zombies or roving gangs or something like that, you know, perhaps you take a different view of it. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying that if the Chinese have the ability to ping a phone and take a person out, that's pretty freaky. Beyond pretty freaky, wouldn't you say? Meanwhile, our, our corrupt government is so focused on spreading lies about the election to cover up their election scam so that they can cling to power. Unbelievable. M- report after report showing how this uh, footage from January 6th, why can't we see all of it? Why not an independent, unbiased review? Is that even possible? I don't think so. What really happened? Somebody knows. I think there's a few people that know. Will we ever know? I really believe that it was mostly, at the least mostly staged, coordinated, whether everybody in the crowd knew that or not. We may never know. I mean, people died, so clearly clearly some things did get out of hand, unless, unless that's all been staged and fake as well. Who knows? How do you know? How do you know? You have no idea. I don't believe any of it. I really don't. If I had to say, better chance than not that the entire thing was completely staged. Everything that you see in that video. I know people that were down there. They're like, we didn't see any of this going on. I'm not saying nothing happened. I'm saying I think it was just all probably theatrics and illusion. You know how illusionary uh, video can be? Really true. Now, uh, so to me, it's just an indication of the type of civil war that we're, we're mired down in. And then, you know, you look at this situation with this judge sanctioning this GOP candidate who tried to sue to expose election fraud. And the judge, and, and I'm not certain of this, and I don't know how Arizona election law works to know the legal basis of this, but at a, a cursory review, it appears that the judge made that des- decision without any discovery in the case, which means that there was no uh, evidence looked at. And then, you know, the, the, the liberal media will turn that around and say, well, they didn't provide any evidence of this election fraud. These are baseless claims. Could you imagine this being the... Uh, the um, the the the, uh, uh, the 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 um uh, what am I looking for the the, the level the standard jeez I'm like a stuttering fool to blah, 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 blah. um this could you imagine that being the standard for uh, sexual uh, assault allegations hmm you know that a woman you know say accusing Kavanaugh 25 years later would would have to bring some actual evidence of this event let alone disconnected names and, and unverifiable uh, events with no witnesses? No. No. You would never have. Even though she didn't have any of that evidence, nothing really but her word against his, they paraded it up and down, and you had to believe it. Had to give her the benefit of the doubt. Had to. In this case, this GOP candidate, just spreading more lies. Make him pay. Make him pay. Meanwhile, you know, here's a, and this is a real story. You know, you think this stuff is all just, you know, off in, uh, you know, some other world. Like, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Monsters, right? Monsters, Inc., the kids' movie. I wonder what kind of deviant, deviant things are planted in there that none of us ever caught. Hopefully not. I watched it like a million times. Uh, but anyway, 
uh, you know, we're not, we're not in some faraway land, some dream world. There's a, there's a real world going on, and there's real problems developing that are going to have real impact. I saw this story here locally, not real locally, but a, a hospital uh, the next county away is trying to get an illegal immigrant deported that's in a coma. So the hospital, I don't think they can turn the machines off, not legally, and they can't get rid of this woman. Ever! She could be there for a million years. It could be the, it could be a, the next mummy. Not, what did I say? Puerto Rican? She's Dominican, I believe. It really is irrelevant. And, and you wait and say, it'll be interesting to see if she's deported. Why aren't any of these uh, groups, why isn't Black Lives Matter, you know, helping the hospital with the payments? What, what good have they done with this money? They, they, Black Lives Matter, what a business. What am I doing? I'm on the wrong side of this. <clears throat> I'm tired of not getting paid. I want to get paid, too, just like uh, Black Lives Matter. They get all this money, tens, like $100 million, maybe more dollars. They buy big houses and you know, with pools and studios and say it's their office, their headquarters. Do nothing good for anybody. Uh, and then they go and destroy the place when they don't get what they want or they don't like what's going on. And then when they get arrested, they sue and get paid for that too. What a great business. Really, only in America. Only in America. This mayor in um, Fort La- Lauderdale Beach cried, more hate speech because somebody vandalized an LGBTQ pride flag. It was painted on the street. And I'm guessing they spilled paint. I, don't even, I didn't even look into it to tell you the truth. Well, why, why wouldn't it be? If, if, if BLM can paint on the street and that's considered free speech, why isn't dropping paint on the LGBTQ flag uh, free speech? What, the, what does it represent? It's a political statement. It shouldn't be there in the first place. If they can put their flag there, then the paint can be spilled there. If the tension is there, the tension, it's spilling over into more than just tension. People are taking action. By the way, it's not just here, it's around the world. Demonstrators are set to paralyze France in a massive pension reform protest. You don't even hear about this in American media. Why is that? How, how bad is the timing that France is supposed to be moving into a war economy? Think about that statement, by the way. That's what I'm hearing, that, Fran- that France and Europe have moved into a war economy. Meanwhile, uh, their labor unions are protesting over there big time. They, this is, the uh, I think, the, the yellow shirt movement or the, the same people. I don't know enough to tell you, that, you know, what, what is happening here. I know this. If you look into history and events around pension reform, uh, given different names, been a problem in Russia, uh, a problem in France, a problem in Greece, it's going to be a problem in China, and it's going to be a problem here, whether it's Social Security or pensions uh, or retirement, it's all the same. Putin knows it. They tried to cut the benefits in Russia, and they had protests in the streets. Amazing, really. Really fascinating when you think about that. The one issue, that people will burn the place down unanimously, it seems. I don't know. Interesting phenomena. But this unrest in France and Europe at this time, who's it good for? No, it's just another indication, if nothing else, than the the massive stress that the world is under right now. Is it real? Is it imaginary? This is real. Budgets around the world are under stress. 
I don't believe that there's a currency. I'm sure this isn't completely correct, but I'm not aware of any currency left that's not fiat currency. As much as there's a problem with the dollar, there's a problem with China. This is like a race to the bottom. And, I, and maybe to avoid the, 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 the bad news and get the government getting blamed uh, for the economic worries, they said, well, let's start a war that, you know, uh, we can at least have them fighting with somebody else instead of us. I don't know. It's crazy to me. France on fire. We'll see. It's happened before. We'll see if it happens again. Did you hear about the uh, Antifa that firebombed a police training center in Atlanta? Marjorie Taylor Greene said that they should, the group Antifa should be declared domestic terrorists. Uh, certainly, uh, I would think he would, but we won't because, you know, not some, um, what do you call it, um, right-wing extremist group. You know, if it was right-wing extremists, they'd be banned and, uh, you know, be all over the news. Antifa, eh, not so much. Bombing a police training center, an attack on law and order. The, the de- liberal Democrats have become the modern Bolsheviks. And everything they can do to destroy, destroy this country, they are and, and will, will and are doing. And it's allowed to go on because of the defunct Republican Party that doesn't exist. The, the independent voices, the moderate voices aren't heard at all. That's what really needs to happen. We need a rise of the independence. Maybe it'll happen, God willing. Maybe Trump would actually run as an independent. What do you think? I don't know. I say you should. You ought to think about preparing. I'm gonna. You know, I don't like to freak out. Um, you know, we're pretty well set here. Four days. You want to be able to go. Look at what's going on in California. Let me just give you a couple things without being like doomsday because I, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I don't. I don't have some doomsday prediction. I hope not. And I mean, if everything just collapses, I mean, you're going to kind of throw your hands up anyway. What's the point of prepping? I'm like, die slowly or die quickly? I don't know. But uh, in the meantime, let's just suppose it is a survivable situation. Look at what's going on in California. You know, an extreme snowstorm. No doubt. No doubt. You know, people are, are in serious jeopardy. Why? Because they didn't make provisions for it. What are your vulnerabilities? The, the FEMA recommends four days of planning. If you're a parent, if you're a homeowner, in my opinion, irresponsible not to have a minimum of four days provisions. Heat, water, food, other uh, urgent necessities. Think about it. Go to HopeForSurvival.com and uh, check out Butcher Skin and, and the book there, and, and you can educate yourself a little bit more. And then, what, you know, what would be the problem with being able to go a little bit longer? What would be the peace of mind you would have? You know, what, what would happen if uh, electric went out for 30 days? And, you know, what is the likelihood of that happening? I don't know. What if we couldn't get gasoline for 30 days? You know, what if there was just a disruption? What if it wasn't even that widespread? What if home heating oil couldn't be delivered for 30 days? Can you imagine what kind of disruption that would have in, in many areas, certainly in the Northeast? You know, I have, uh, my home is heated with oil. What if we couldn't get deliveries? What would we do? Well, it might depend. If I could go out and get kerosene, I, could, I would go get five-gallon cans. And I've actually thought about this scenario, and uh, getting a couple of kerosene cans is something that uh, I want to do. And you need to know a little bit about fuel is helpful in this situation too, by the way. 
from what I understand, it's all pretty much the same now. Everything from uh, diesel, off-road diesel, the kerosene, the home heating oil, sounds like it's pretty much all the same stuff. I'm not sure that you can burn it all the same, but I know that you can burn kerosene in an oil furnace. No problem with that at all. And you can usually buy kerosene locally. But the backups are, what if you lost heat for a month? I'm thinking, of, and then what if we were to go on longer? This could be because the heater goes bad and I can't get a replacement because of supply issues, because we're having a war with China. I don't know. Something to think about. I hope you do, too. We'll talk about it more this week. I'll be back tomorrow. God willing, it's good to be here. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you'll come back tomorrow, and I hope to see you there. Make it a great day.